I, I just don't see a way that this team, which is not coached as well as I think it is, <laughs> uh, Antonio Brown is going to have a meltdown by week by the middle of October. I, I, I'd go way under here. On this episode of the Against the Grain Football Podcast, we're going to make some money. It's time to talk NFL team over-unders. Get in the car, go to Vegas. It's all happening right now. We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Against the grain. Here's Andrew Perloff. It's that time of year you can hear a lot of predictions. Most of them are wrong. I was recently reading a book by my buddy David Epstein called Range. Mario, my producer, is here and he's looking at me like, stop being such a nerd. But Range talked about how experts have no success forecasting in any field. It doesn't matter if it's politics, economy, football especially. It doesn't matter. The more you know, I don't care if you're plugged into every coach, every GM, every roster... You really cannot predict accurately what's going to happen next. It's a scientific fact. But that doesn't stop us from all going to Vegas and betting team over-unders. And that's what we're going to talk about today with a buddy of mine named Will Brinson, CBS sports writer, uh, Pick 6 podcast. He's been talking about the Vegas numbers all summer long, really plugged into that. I just got to warn you, you know, these Vegas numbers look like they're completely accurate for most of these teams. They're not. You look at last year. Bears were over under seven, won 12 games. The Chiefs were at eight. They won 12 games. Packers, uh, you know, they were around 10. They won five games through the injuries. You never know. So I would not really put too much faith in what you see with these numbers. It's all going to change, even though most predictions pretty much go with what Vegas has. Now, if you're looking at these over-unders, we're going to go team by team. I like, I like to start at the bottom. I if I if When I go to Jersey next week, I think I'm going to put some money on the Arizona Cardinals at uh, five wins. Now, that sounds a little crazy. Arizona Cardinals' defense is just awful. Kyler Murray is still a rookie, a 5'10 rookie at that. But the schedule's easy. I like the teams, sort of when Chip Kelly came to the Eagles and some teams had no idea what he was doing. I am optimistic, as I've been saying on this podcast, that no one's going to know what Cliff Kingsbury's going to do. You haven't seen it in the preseason, but he's going to hit you with something surprising. I think the Cardinals, with David Johnson, a running back, Larry Fitzgerald, a wide receiver, they're going to surprise some people and get six wins. I just really feel it. That's just I like a lot of the bottom teams, actually. Of course, they're going to be terrible now. I also like the Bengals at six wins, which nobody does, but you know how I feel about the Bengals. We're going to dive into every team right now. Yeah, so I don't mean to contradict myself. You know, I said that experts can't forecast. This podcast is an exception. So if you want to win some money, just listen to everything I say right here. All right, now I'm joined by my friend Will Brinson, CBS Sports senior NFL writer and host of the Pick 6 podcast. And Will, as I've told you, I have a long drive up every morning. And I admit, I listen to the Pick 6 podcast, maybe borrow some content for the DP show. Don't tell Dan I said that. But you guys do a great job. The other day, and I do like the small talk part, you talked about going to a movie at the Alamo Draft House. I think you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Dude, I'm addicted to movie theaters that serve food. I, I can't see a movie any other way. It's, it is a, Andrew, it's a game changer because, like, and I, I, I like that they're uh, very hipstery and very stringent. Like, you have to set down your phone and they will throw you out if you use your telephone. I got, I got yelled at on a Sunday matinee, Tory Story 4. Uh, I think I was like, like, who cares? Like four people in here. Like, what, like and they're all kids. Like, what do you care? It's all like brights and lights. Uh, but like last, you know, when we went and saw uh, Once Upon a Time, I mean, I, I you know, when, that, when, the, when the when the message came up, I flipped it over, didn't touch the phone, and um, ordered ordered some IPAs, and uh, we got like I got some. Uh, 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 we got my wife and I split a pizza, mm. got a burger. I mean, it's just like it, it's expensive. But it's yeah. worth it, and it's better than doing like dinner and then going to a movie. Just do dinner and a movie at the same time. Well, here's the problem: is it, it is expensive. I go to both Alamo and a place called the IPIC Theater in South Street Seaport in New York, and it's it's like high end food. But you're sitting there, and you've already paid twenty five dollars for the ticket or whatever. And yeah. I can't stop it. They have these tuna sort of appetizers, and I get like three things, and then it's a hundred dollars to go to the movies. But I can't do it any other way. I know I'm the same way. Like our bill was ninety one dollars last <laughs> night. Plus, you know, like like 
I guess twenty two dollars worth of tickets. And granted, I had you know more uh, more maybe more beer than I needed to, but like. I mean, I was, I was, I had to talk myself out of getting the Buffalo cauliflower appetizer. Like, yeah. I don't need it. I don't need it. Just don't get the appetizer. And it was still 90 bucks. And, but you know, it's, it, I look at it like, okay, if I, and, and granted, this is a, you know, once upon a time, it's like two and a half to three hour movie. So we're talking, you know, you're in there for a while. Um, I saw Avengers in game there with my wife and, and that was a, you know, same, same deal. Um, so I think that for, you know, if you're going to spend three plus hours on a date night in a movie theater to get out for 90 bucks with the movie and the food, I mean, you're probably going to run roughly the same amount if you go out to dinner and then, you know, at a nice place and then do a movie, right? Oh, yeah. That's a great point. And it's at least you get a movie out of it. You're right. It's a perfect, perfect way to combine all those things. Yeah. Now I'm like, now I want to check out your local, I'm going to check out all yeah. these different local Alamo draft house movies. Cause I think, I, I think all the food is different at different spots. Forget Alamo. There's a place called the IPIC theater and it's a South street seaport right next door to it is a building where they do get up with Mike Greenberg in the morning. I don't know if that's an attraction for you, but it's a great <laughs> little setup. So I'll be in there. Jalen Rose will be in there. It'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, you Greenberg will do the, the commercial, the, the previews. <laughs> uh, yeah. The teases. He's the king of the tease. He would be like, this next movie is going to be the most important movie you've ever seen in your life. Um, all <laughs> right. So you why coming up after the break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of after the break. Okay, so you, you guys cover everything on the Pick 6 podcast. Real football, fantasy football, uh, in gambling. And I noticed you guys have sort of... Is there a bit of shift towards gaming in the NFL media in general? Towards gambling in the NFL yeah. media? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, huge. I think it's a huge shift, and um, you know, part part of it is the NFL's clear embrace of, of the legalization of gambling. I mean, and let's be real, like behind the scenes for years, the NFL has been studying this and looking at this and figuring out, okay, how do we approach it? Because um, the way that the NFL does PR, and it's it's like this with you know, everything, you can tell that they're 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 catering to a very conservative base demographic, right? I mean, sure. I mean, old white people, which is, you know, a large portion <laughs> of their demographic. I mean, yeah, we're being realistic about it. And, you know, they, they do it with, they did, this is why they have these stringent marijuana rules in place for their players. Like, you know, they didn't, couldn't have like players just tested positive for the, you know, the devil weed or whatever. And, <laughs> and people would flip out. And I think, you know, they were studying the gambling stuff and, and they knew it was coming. They knew a change was coming. And I just think it's hilarious how, you know, overnight they basically flipped the switch and all the leagues did this. I mean, at least the NBA was a little bit honest about it. Like, Hey, like, you know, we just see this coming. We think it's, we think it's a thing. And the NFL was suddenly like, yeah, we're moving a team to Vegas and we love gambling. Um, and, and I think that embraced by the league though, has allowed the media to focus in on it more. And it's just become sort of another, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's always been there as a talking point, you know, I mean, dating back to, you know, CBS, with um, you know CBS way back in the day when they were talking about point spreads, yeah. right? And in a very vague and a vague fashion, I don't think we'll see a lot of it on CBS this year. But on the dot com side, yeah, I mean we we reference it a lot, and I think it's a pretty integral part of what makes football so popular is that people can bet on it, and it's a it's a it's part of the rush on Sundays. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Jimmy the Greek going over the point spreads, yeah. Brent Musburger saying you're looking live to let the betters know that they're looking live at Fulton County Stadium. You know, I do think, and I, you're right, it's interesting, all the networks, ESPN too, they put all their gambling stuff on the app, and I think CBS to some extent, but I don't think it's going to last there. I think they're going to start to creep into the mainstream shows. I mean, I, I first of all, the NFL Network has like a seven-hour pregame show. I would think that they'd want to talk about it, just to have something to talk about. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, they'll, they'll definitely be a little bit, it's, I think it's way more than seven hours, by the way. Yeah. It's like... Like start, I mean, it might be nine or ten hours at this point. Like five. There's like a a pregame pregame yeah. show. Like, um, <laughs> I think that the NFL on its broadcast side will be a little bit uh, slower to embrace it. But as soon as it's legalized across the board and there's mm. revenue streams from various casinos, I mean, it's gonna, it's going to be a fire hose. And I, I think I think really maybe the, the next landmark to watch for. Uh, with the league will be the CBA and how they uh, approach that from a revenue distri- distribution standpoint, because the, you know, the the players union say whatever you want about their, the last deal they got, but at least they're not stupid enough to know. I mean, there's going to be more revenue coming in from the gambling side. What's interesting is, um, you know, it's just the national revenue that pays for it. Right. Not that like the Cowboys can go and sell 
their practice field to Harrah's or whoever and um, or you know Caesars uh, and and like that money goes straight into Jerry Jones' pocket, which I, I find kind of fascinating. Anyway, um, yeah, I think one of the things that you've seen too from ESPN is that they do you know their bottom line. Uh, you know they have that they have that uh, that gambling show now, Daily Wager with uh, Doug Kazarian and Joe Fortenbaugh and some guys. And I think you're seeing now. Um, you know, we have the same thing with Sportsline, but you see on their bottom line, which has been the, the ticker of note for years and years, uh, is point spreads included in everything. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see. You know, you still have to be like the pro football championship odds because uh, the <laughs> NFL won't, won't won't allow you to won't license it for for gambling purposes. But um, I think we're seeing it more and more across the mainstream. And in the next five years, it'll be it'll be laughable how it's just part of the the nomenclature that we use when we discuss professional football. Isn't it nomenclature? Nomenclature? Uh, yeah, I'm from the South. I can say whatever I want. Uh, we, you know what it'll stink, though? I love... Nomenclature. <laughs> Al Michaels, those sneaky gambling references. We're going to miss the sneakiness of Al Michaels' gambling references in a 31-14 to 14 blowout on late in the fourth quarter on a Sunday night. I know that's a, that's a little, a, I'm a little nervous about that. I mean, like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, because Fox is all in on. I mean, you know, Fox has said they're going to discuss it openly. I think on the broadcast, um, and uh, and and I mean, like Joe, there was some moment where, and you know, of course, I'm in a hole on Twitter. It's like we're kind of making fun of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman for trying to discuss the line or something. Like they were talking about the Browns <laughs> Super Bowl odds or something. Uh, it was good that they were embracing the idea of talking about it, but I do think there's going to be a lot of problems where. Uh, these various announcers are not, you know, in tune with it. Whereas, you know, Al Michaels has been sliding these things in uh, for years. It was always, you always sort of liked the wink, wink joke or, you know, when, when uncle Brent would say like, my guy's in the desert. And it, it, it almost felt like a little more fun than I think it will be once we start getting uh, yeah. hammered over the face with the, with the new vernacular. Oh, absolutely. I mean, certain guys like, like SV, Scott Van Pelt will be great at it because he's been doing it. Forever. I totally agree. So let's transition to some actual betting numbers. Uh, I want to run through you, and I know you've talked about these totals all summer long, uh, the team win totals out in Vegas. And I'm kind of curious as to like where you stand now. I know you had to make some picks way back in June or July, it seemed like, but where you stand now that we're at the end of the preseason, if you've changed your mind on a lot of teams. So if we could run through each team, I'm just going to just... I'm going to barge through it, and you give me your uh, over and under. You ready to go? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Low, we're going to start with the lowest, and the Dolphins at 4.5. Over or under? Uh, I would go over primarily because, and I'll just give a quick sentence on each one, but yeah. uh, five, five, like, there's enough easy, winnable home games for them, and I think the coaching staff is pretty good, and a four and a half is just too low. NFL teams win five games by accident all the time. The Dolphins? Really? Wow. Yeah. I've most people are going under on that one in the press. They're like a lot of people are not are really down on them. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I'll, I'll put it this way: I wouldn't bet it. Like that's not one I would actually bet. But if if I had to make a pick, like they get the Redskins at home. I mean, they could steal one of these September games against the Ravens or Chargers. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Redskins at home, uh, Jets at home, Bills at home, Bengals at home. I mean, that's that. If, if they steal one in September, I think it will go over because I think that they'll mm. get. Uh, four of those home games, even though you know they, they have like I think they have three of their final four games are in uh, in northeast or or in 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 the northeastern area in December. So that should go really well for that team from South Florida. Wow, you really just sold me with that that schedule. That is easy. Okay, Arizona Cardinals at five. Go ahead. Uh, I I want to believe in Kyler Murray. I do. Uh, I want to believe in Cliff Kingsbury. I am I am taking the under. They they start out with a brutal schedule. Um, I, I don't think here's my thing on them, Andrew, is that they like w- Cliff Kingsbury is not going to unveil some magical new offense. Once the regular season starts, this isn't like the read option or something like that. I mean, he's, he's doing something that we have seen him do for years at Texas tech. And so I, I just think that division is too hard. They also draw uh, the, um, the, uh, it, the, excuse me, the NFC South and, uh, and, yeah. have to play the Steel and, and the AFC North. And so I think uh, you're going to see them go under there. I'm so excited. The wishful thinking. I hope that they just just run down the uh, their offense. Just goes wild. I would love to see it. Kyler Murray. By the way, he's got a cannon. Did you watch the the Vikings game? There's for only good preseason game. He had two or three throws in there that were just absolute dimes to the back shoulder. I'll tell you this: if I if I were betting on the Cardinals, I would bet on their under, and then I would bet on them to win the division at like thirty to one. Oh, I love it. Okay, 
Uh, Raiders at six. I feel like they're going to kind of go down with every Hard Knocks episode. Where do you stand on the Raiders? Uh, way under. I, Antonio Bradley, I mean, look at, look, look at the, their schedule is so effing brutal. Yeah. They are Broncos at home on the 10.20 p.m. Monday night game in week one. Then they get the Chiefs at home, at the Vikings, at the Colts. Bears at home. Oh, no, excuse me. Bears in London. Then they're bye week. And then they come back from that London trip. And good luck if you're anything better than one and four. And they're at the Packers, at the Texans before they get the Lions and Chargers. I mean, it eases up a little bit on the back end, but their final two games are on the road. I, I just don't see a way that this team, which is not coached as well as I think it is, <laughs> uh, Antonio Brown is going to have a meltdown by week, by the middle of October. I, I, I'd go way under here. I don't even understand why they have veterans like Perfect and Richie Incognito and Antonio Brown. They should have just just said we're rebuilding for Vegas. I don't yeah. I don't understand their late second push to be a contender. Maybe Gruden was feeling some pressure to win, but I'm de- I'm not. All right, Giants I, at six. I, 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 yeah. I think I think, was, I think he was embarrassed. Yeah, was you're embarrassed. right. He's yeah. just impatient. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Gi- Giants. Giants at six. Uh, I'm re- I'm yeah, six has moved up five and a half. I will go over. Uh, I'm weirdly in the, on the Giants camp this year. I, I will go over and expect to lose it on that pick. <laughs> For whatever reason. Another wishful thinking. I really want to see Daniel Jones. I saw enough in preseason to jump on. I'm probably being foolish, but I saw enough in preseason. And I kept saying to myself, and I know you're down there. Why wasn't he this good at Duke? He was a completely different player in the games I saw at Duke. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, he didn't. He didn't look. I mean, he looked fine at Duke. He looked like a guy who could develop into something at some point. I mean, he didn't. He just didn't have a lot around him. But I mean, typically speaking, when you see an NFL caliber quarterback playing at the college level, you kind of know it. Yeah. Right? I mean, like you don't see it. It's like, oh well, I didn't see that coming. Um, yeah, I, I would. I think that if uh, so, I look at this situation a little bit like the Ravens last year when you talk about the over, which is okay. If if Eli Manning plays the entire season. That means they probably hit the over. Like I think they'll, they'll get if Eli plays the whole season. That means they played, uh, you know, win seven games at least. And if Eli doesn't play, then you have the break glass in case of emergency, and maybe Daniel Jones comes in and, and, and plays well. So like Lamar Jackson last year, um, they have a they have the Dolphins and Redskins and Eagles twice in December. If the Eagles are really good, they could be sitting guys in Week 17. Um, they also get the Cardinals at home and the Red you know the Redskins obviously at home and the Bills at home. So I I, I see some I see a path here for seven wins. You know, I've done a trick with a lot of casual NFL fans. Name me three people on the Giants' defense, and they've had a lot of trouble. That is a no-name unit right now. Yeah, but see, I like two guys to pop on that defense. Lorenzo Carter, the pass rusher out of Georgia. I guess I'm not a casual NFL fan. but uh, yeah. And then, uh, BJ, then my guy, B.J. Hill, out of NC State, uh, their, their interior guy. I mean, it's, it's a no-name defense, but I think they can be a little bit better than people think. Yeah, I mean, Lorenzo Carter could walk into most people's kitchen and no one would know who you're talking about. But okay, I like your reasoning. All right, next, a team near and dear to my heart, the Cincinnati Bengals. As you know, I'm a faux Bengals fan. Six. Uh, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to like, like the Bengals. And it's just the problem is the injuries this preseason. It's just too hard to go over. I mean, the three of the first four on the road, they get their 10 point dogs at the Seahawks in, in, in week one. Um, you know, uh, five of their first eight games are on the road. So they have a little bit easier back end in terms of at home. But like <laughs> their final two home games are the Patriots and Browns. So uh, good luck with that. And then the Steelers and Jets before that. So um, I just think with A.J. Green going down, um, you know, losing. Uh, uh, oh my God, uh, Jonah Williams, their first round pick yeah. before the season. Their offensive line is too banged up. I, I just, I just can't see this team being a seven win team. Well, I mean, we all, we all knew it was a matter of time before someone went down there. They, if you had Eifert healthy, let, actually, what would the number be if I could promise you sixteen games or at least fifteen of AJ Green, sixteen of Tyler Eifert, sixteen of Joe Mixon, sixteen of Andy Dalton? Would you go over if that was the case? If it full season of Tyler Eifert and yeah. AJ Green, yeah, I'd go over with that. Go that's that's I, never I, happened. I that, it never never will happen. Uh, I was sort of in like I kind of liked the Bengals as a sleeper right up until the the injury bug just ripped them apart. Well, I got to tell you that offense in the preseason, Andy Dalton basically had a touchdown on every drive except for one pick six where somebody forgot to block somebody because never nothing is ever Andy Dalton's fault. Okay, another right. team. Oh, right. sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's just, I mean, like, it's totally possible that Zach Taylor is like baby Sean McVay and just yeah. unlocks Dalton's potential. Well, I mean, who knows? Okay, next team, another team that is of interest to me, as you know, the Case Keenum-led Washington Redskins. I have it here at six. You know where I'm going with this, too. It was six uh, yeah. and a half. 
I heard people hammered it. I mean, look, I, I picked the Redskins to win the division last year. I like your boy Case Keenum. Um, I think, you know, he's, he's certainly going to start. The problem is, uh, you know, he gets the Eagles, Cowboys, Bears, yeah. and then at, it's, uh, before hosting the Patriots in, in week five. And at that point, I would expect that you see um, Dwayne Haskins come in, not because Case Keenum isn't good, right. but because the owner there is impatient and will want to see uh, his first-round pick play. Uh, they, th- this team can never stay healthy. Yep. You know, Adrian Peterson in the backfield. It, it's I, it's this is one of my. If you can get six and a half, it's one of my best bets of the year. It's you know, there's no way they were going Dwayne Haskins and having start out of Philly, then have the Cowboys defense, which I think is going to be good. The Bears defense at Giants and then Page. There's no way they were going to do that to Haskins. So they're doing the case. How bad is that wide receiving core too? I I, I don't know if you saw the story that they might cut Josh Doxson. That is a no name receiver core. Oh, I think they will cut Josh yeah. Doxson just because. You know, they, I mean, they added Terry McLaurin in the third, my boy yeah. Kelvin Harmon in the sixth. Trey Quinn's like a PPR, 40, 42 team PPR sleeper. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it's, bad, it's bad, man. I mean, Paul, Paul Richardson's still there. It's, it's, it's easily, easily the worst uh, receiving core in, in the NFL. And they got Eric Flowers starting at left tackle. It's, it's, a, it's a problem. Yeah. I, feel bad for, I feel bad for Case because this is going to get panned as like, well, that Minnesota year was a real fluke. It's like, well, but he wasn't that bad in Denver, and this is just an unfair situation. I mean, it's just not good for anybody. Yeah, he by the end of the year, he was throwing to like eighth round picks at Denver too. So that's a really bad receiving core. Okay, next Tampa Bay Buccaneers six and a half. You know, I had before you go, I had a bunch of analytics guys on a previous podcast, and they're high on Bruce Arians and the Bucks, but those are the only guys I've heard who were high on them. Yeah, uh, Sam Monson for PFF yes. was, uh, was high on him because he was on the, the pick six uh, a couple weeks ago. And it's all blending together. I here's here's my thing, and I, I tweeted about this during the Bucks game as the as the Browns defensive line was mauling Jameis Winston. <laughs> um, Bruce Bruce Arian's system is great if you can protect the quarterback. And if he can, if it said quarterback is accurate down the field, but the dirty little secret about Jameis Winston is he's not accurate down the field. I mean, he can throw the ball down the field, but he's not accurate like Andrew Luck or uh, Ben Roethlisberger or Carson Palmer. Those guys were accurate at 45 yards and, and thereabouts. And I think when you look at his schedule, man, it is a tough start. If the 49ers are good at all this year, that's a rough week one game at home. Then they play the Panthers twice in, in the first six weeks, which means a healthy, pissed-off Gerald McCoy. They're at the Saints and at the Rams in there, and they get the Giants at home. I mean, if you come out of that at like two and four, I, I think that's a pretty good effort. And they got to buy week seven, followed by two weeks on the road. Mm. And I, I love Bruce Arians, but I, I do have at least qualms about anybody who leaves retirement to, to, to do any sort of job again, because you have been retired. You have enjoyed the luxuries of retirement. Mm. Are sure you're enthusiastic about being not retired. I, I'm thinking of Dick Vermeil coming back to the Rams. That was a good deal, but that, that that's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'm totally agree with you on the Bucks. by the way. Okay. Next I got the lions at six and a half. I think I'm on the over for the Lions, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not really sure why. I actually think they're kind of a good value to win the division at like ten to one. I, 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 that's not my pick to win the division, but I think it's okay value. Um, I think these, now Frank Ragnow and Gerard Davis getting hurt are, are major red flags. Yeah. That's that's a, a run stuffing linebacker and and a and your your biggest protecting you know the biggest the guy who's snapping the ball who moved it moved back to his natural position. Carry uh, on Johnson is a decent flyer to lead the league in rushing. I think he could have a big year if they actually use him. Um, and you know Cardinals early on he could he could bust out in week one. The division is really tough. I will I will take it over, but I think, you know, I think it'll probably end up being like seven or eight wins. You know, the Lions have that thing where it doesn't even matter what they have on paper. You still look at them as, ah, the Lions. They'll find a way to slip up when it matters. I, yeah. you know, I want to be in on the Patricia train and think that this is going to be some sort of genius defense, but I, I have no excitement about this team. They're, they're very, very boring. Yes. Just very boring. I heard, um, I think it's like Mark Sessler of uh, the, uh, you listen to the Around the NFL. Yeah, podcast, yeah. Mark's right? awesome. He's hysterical. Yeah. I love, I love Sessler, but he, um, he, I think he is like been railing against like not just the Lions because of like like their like personnel or anything, just like their lack of an identity. And he's not wrong. They're just like you you picture the Lions and you just picture blah like there's nothing there. Who do you think would win a fight? Your pick six crew, which includes I'm gonna give you Pete Prisco. <laughs> I won't give you Brady Quinn. 
But I'll give you Prisco, and I'll give you uh, a couple of your other guys there against the around the NFL guys. Who do you, who do you want? Breach, Wagner, McGuff. Uh, well, me. So me. If it's, it was like the Super Friends, it was like me, Ryan Wilson, Wagner, McGuff, uh, Breach, and, um, and me versus Rosenthal, Wesling, Hansis, and Sessler. It would be the lamest <laughs> fight time. Like it would just be like four short, like kind of nerdy guys. Sort of going at it. I would be <laughs> West would probably West would probably be the most dangerous guy in that situation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. If, I don't. It, I don't know who's matching up against who. It, it would. It would just. It would be just be a, a, like a, a slap. It would be so bad. It'd be like Anchorman. West would definitely be showing. He'd be the crazy man. I think you're right. <laughs> He'd have like a board with a nail sticking out. Rosenthal would pull himself out to make a witty comment or to just add something about. How great Todd Munkin is! I can't see him being a threat. <laughs> Sessler, yeah, Sessler's too witty. You guys would definitely win that, I think. I, it's a possibility. We're not strong or tall at all. <laughs> if you had a Prisco to our our group, it's a it's a runaway. Prisco would uh, Prisco would Pr- Prisco to fight is is like I would put Prisco up against like Jake Glazer in a fight. No. Yes, but Prisco would cheat and 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 do horrible things that unspeakable thing <laughs> like, a man shouldn't do in a fight. I did hear you guys weight shame Prisco the other day. That was really mean, by the way. The Mahomes, like the Mahomes interview. Yeah. <laughs> yes. By the way, I'm so jealous of your friendship with Brady Quinn. You guys sound like two dudes who just would sit back and drink a beer. I want that kind of like, I want a handsome quarterback friend who I can talk to all the time. How do I, how do I do that? Uh, it really fell in my lap, and I'm not sure how. Like, but like Brady, Brady and I just took. A, I, like, I did not think that if I met Brady Quinn and, and had to work with him, that he and I would become good friends. But we have, and so it's, it's very. Uh, it is very. It is very. It's not very bizarre. It's just like sometimes you forget that. Like, he's probably the greatest uh, player in in Notre Dame history, <laughs> and I think, I think he, I think he, I think he likes me for my goofiness. I guess I don't know, but um, yeah, I highly recommend it. Get yourself a uh, a handsome, uh, handsome yeah. former professional quarterback good friend it's it's pretty cool yeah i mean i'm putting out feelers to david card and it's not going anywhere okay let's move on (laughs) buffalo bills seven uh yeah this is a weird one right i really like the bills i I, i'm taking the over i'm scared some people i know that are are smart are kind of against them um i I just think that this is a team with that just wins more games than it should because sean mcdermott's an underrated coach they improved the offensive line in, in subtle ways. And the same thing with the receiving core. I think Ed Oliver is just flying way under the radar as a defensive rookie of the year candidate. So I you know, hope, you know, get the Dolphins at home, the Redskins at home, um, three of four to, or no, excuse me, three of five to close on the road, which is a little concerning. Uh, but I'll take, I'll take the over here. Three, three straight home games out of the bye. If I ever tell you my first round quarterback theory that everybody will give a huge benefit of the doubt to a first round quarterback, Josh Allen did not, play well last year. I mean, I, I honestly blame the coaching staff more than him, but he did not look I think people are too high on him because of where he was drafted right now. I think he needs more time. He's going to be a great runner, but he's not a passer yet. No, I do. Your theory is spot on. I mean, like if you are, I mean, if you're, if you're drafted in the first round, it's like, well, he's, he had a pedigree. He's got a pedigree. Yeah. Let's see if this guy, it's like, well, maybe he just won't develop. Kyle Bowler was a first round pick. You know, it didn't work yeah. out. Uh, David Carr, I mean, Derek Carr, Derek Carr and David Carr. No, Derek, Derek Carr was, Derek was second. Yeah. Yeah. David oh. Carr has blocked me on Twitter now, too. The whole Carr family has. But that's oh, my gosh. I mean, Derek Carr has not looked great on Hard Knocks. When he's, I don't know if you saw when he asked Gruden what he was doing for dinner. That was one of the most cringeworthy moments I've ever seen on Hard Knocks. Uh, like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, do, it's like, have you ever had normal human interactions, Derek? Because you're the way you're, it's like he's like puffing up his chest, but in a way that is so obvious and transparent that it's just awkward. Okay, let's uh Denver Broncos. Oh man, we're in the boring reign of teams. We got the Lions, Bills, Broncos. Broncos at 7. I I'm in on the Broncos big time. I got the I like the Broncos over. Uh, they got the Raiders in week 1 and then Bears and Packers in week 2 and 3, which is really tough, but Fangio, Vic Fangio knows those teams really well. Mike Munchak mm. The coach of that offensive line, they've got a ton of pieces on defense. I wouldn't be surprised if they had the best defense in football. And if Emmanuel Sanders is healthy, they actually have a deep threat for Joe Flacco to run play action with. Uh, I, I like I like the Denver, I like Denver to go over. I think I would not be surprised if uh, Denver made the playoffs. Okay, wow, I love Fangio, but the best defense. This is a defense that led up 300 yards of rushing in a single game to the Jets last year. I'm telling you, 
Last year, I think it was the coaching staff. They gave up on that coaching staff. I see what you're saying about the talent, but I mean, he better be a great coach because that that team has some flaws, especially offensively. Like, you know who's really good? Jake Butt, the, the young tight end out of Michigan, but he's not going to yeah. stay healthy. Emmanuel Sanders, I don't believe that you could tear your AC or your Achilles in December and be a factor. I think teams are going to catch up with Lindsey. I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. 31 year old who tears his Achilles in December and is like making plays in, in August. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, I, I hear you. There is there is a chance that defense is great. If Fangio is what I think he is, you're on to something, but I'm not all there with you. Okay, Jets seven and a half. That's my team. I'm all about those Jets. What do you think? I, I'm I'm with you. I think um I so I, I you know, we make we've done a lot of I think we talked around on when you joined the Pick Six podcast around the time of like Adam Gase going crazy eyes, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I like I think that this that Adam Gase and Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold are a perfect schematic marriage. And I believe that Sam Darnold will fit with exactly what Adam Gates wants to do. I think Sam Darnold is legit. Uh, he flew under the radar last year. Down the, you know, played really well down the stretch. But flew under the radar because, you know, Saquon was lighting it up and the Jets, you know, weren't great. And, and of course, Baker Mayfield is getting all the hype. I, I'm here for Sam Darnold. A little worried about the weapons. Jameson Crowder needs to be healthy, but he's a great scheme fit, too. Uh, the Ryan Khalil addition is big. I, I You know, we'll see what Greg Williams could do with that defense. But I, I'll take the over. And, I mean, I, I don't think there's – you, know, you get the red skit. Look, I think it's the red. This is this stretch is ridiculous, Andrew. It's at one point from November third until December eighth. They get the Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins. I mean, I, that's that's six winnable games right there. How do they not get over seven? I'm yeah, I'm totally with you there, and I lo- I love their new GM Joe Douglas. Although he hasn't had a chance to do much yet, I, I'm all about Sam Darnold taking the next step, even. I, Challenging to be as good as Mayfield, but th- not quite there. But I think he's in the discussion. I was under the impression that their GM was Peter Schrager. Well, they wanted Schrager, <laughs> but Schrager couldn't leave Nate Burleson. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was so jealous. You know, I've known Peter probably longer than I've known anyone in the media. I was so jealous right. when he got that Jets call. But it, it couldn't, it, you know, uh, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I'm so happy for his su- success. I have a picture of me on somewhere uh, uh, from my very first Super Bowl, and I'm it's, it was the one in Dallas, the Ice Bowl with uh, the Packers and the and the and the and the Steelers. And back up, my hair is a disaster. Like I've never <laughs> ever been near like video or anything like that. Uh, and right behind me is an equally disastrous uh, haircut on top of Peter's <laughs> yeah. head. It, it was Strager's first Super Bowl, I believe. So uh, next time, when it's Strager's birthday, I'm going to send that to Kyle Brandt. And uh, and have him posted on. Uh, I'll embarrass myself, but it'll be worth it for embarrassing Schrager. Um, I will. Uh, I will. I'm going to get that on Good Morning Football. You know, I, I'm a little bit older than you. Will like there was a point where like me and Schrager were pretty much the same, same level career wise. I was writing Vessi.com. He was doing FoxSports.com, and then all of a sudden I'm like, he just shot up, and I was like, and then I'm out to dinner with him, and he's taking like three GM calls. I'm like, I'm getting a call from like my friend Sherm. It was terrible. Uh, yeah, you know, the same, I mean, the same sort of thing. Like, I mean, and not like I'm, I mean, you know, I, I agree with you. Like, I'm, and I'm not, I'm, I'm happy for him because Schrager's a great guy, but like, he and I came in around the same time. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't think there's a person on the, I mean, I'm sure there are people, and, but like, he networks so well. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's really impressive to watch. I don't want to say schmooze, networks. Yeah, exactly. All right, we got to get through these Colts seven and a half, obviously. A uh, little bit controversial. I had a guy who convinced me Jacoby Brissett was going to be the real deal, uh, but since then I've changed my mind. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I'm taking it over. Jacoby Brissett can be the real deal. Former NC State player, of yep. course. Um, if you look at what happened in 2017, right? So we're recording this on. Uh, I hope this doesn't mess anything up, but we're recording this on August 28th. At this point in 2017, Jacoby Brissett was not on the Colts. He got traded on September 2nd, Andrew. He, he came in, it was like yep. uh, Rob Stajinsky's offense and, you know, Chuck Pagano. It was, a, it was a disastrous year. There was a bunch of just just vitriol surrounding the Colts. And he's been with Frank Wright for two years. The offensive line has improved. He's got some rapport with the weapons. I think uh, nine and a half is probably too high for the Jacoby-led percent team, but seven and a half, uh, I would take the over on that. Okay, I'm, I'm, I like it. I was wondering a lot about T.Y. Hilton, how much you downgrade him in fantasy. Now, even though you're saying good things about him, you, you still downgrade a Hilton and a Mac a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm grabbing him every chance I get at the okay. discounted price. Like, I, like, I, like T.Y. Hilton you can get in the fourth round, which is just, that's not, 
That's not right. Like yeah. he's the number one target on the Colts. It's just not right. All right, next team, Carolina Panthers at eight. I know you like this team. Yeah, hammer the over on this one. If if I mean, look, if Cam Newton plays sixteen games, they're going. They're going to win eight or nine games. Uh, so your push is there. I like it better at seven and a half, obviously. But this is my. Uh, I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl, but I am wagering on them to win the Super Bowl at sixty to one. I think it's the best value out there. Yeah, I mean, you need Keekly healthy too. Uh, are you yeah. are you into McCaffrey? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Who's is there? Are there people? Are there people not into McCaffrey? Yeah, me. Who? Okay. You don't like McCaffrey? I, of course, I like McCaffrey, but you have to understand these Saquon and McCaffrey yards are empty yards. They're empty calories. I saw it last year. McCaffrey was churning up yards, but the offense had no teeth to it because, uh, you know, a, a screen pass to a running back is not the same value as you, you know, that doesn't mean McCaffrey is the level of receiver that it said he was. He happens to be a great slot receiver too, but I don't care about it. I don't care how many catches Saquon and McCaffrey have. If their offense is non-threatening, there's got to be a connection there. How can he be that good and Carolina's offense not scare anyone last year? Well, Carolina's offense is really good through the first eight games. Yeah, but McCaffrey kept putting up yards though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I agree with you down the stretch. I mean, and the Panthers are losing even some of them one score games. They're losing a ton of games with no cam. Um, and yes, it's empty calories. That's fair. And look, you're right. If Saquon Barkley is that great, why wouldn't the Giants win more than five games? Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm taking uh, Saquon and I'm taking, probably taking Zeke if he's, if he's on the field week one over McCaffrey and Kamara in fantasy. But uh, McCaffrey, I mean, look, he's still just 23 years old, yeah. third year. I mean, he could he could have a. I think McCaffrey and Kamara, or McCaffrey and Barkley, both go over two thousand scrimmage yards this year. If you could have one back, and I gave you McCaffrey or Kamara, who would it be? Uh, I'll. I'll uh, it, it, the answer is Kamara, but yeah. So I, I don't even going to go Homer on you. The answer is Kamara. Yeah, Kamara's got this weird slipperiness that you can't even describe. I don't know what it is, but when he catches like, a screen pass, it's on. But it's like, and he's also got this like incredible physicality. Yeah, he can bully somebody. It's it's wild. I think McCaffrey will, by the way, get better this year. I think he's going to play a little more. I think with a better offense around him, you're going to see more big plays. Um, so I'm down with you. I love that bet, and I love that Super Bowl long shot. Okay, Jags at eight. I'm starting to get worried that I'm too down on the Jags, but um, the way that things shifted in the in the AFC South uh, with with the Andrew Luck injury, it bumped up the Jags number to eight. So I, I'm probably going to take under. I, I don't. I just don't think. And I don't know if you're, are you on Nick, are you on the Nick Foles wagon too? Maybe, but I just don't think that, um, I, I don't think Nick Foles over a 16 game season in this Jacksonville offense is going to be enough to put them over the top. Yeah. It's weird because, you know, I'm from Philly. I know the Eagles pretty well. Nick Foles is what Nick Foles is. He can have amazing games and big moments, but oh, I agree. I like what you said over a 16 game season. I can't get excited about this Jags team, especially after they let me know. I'm not excited about Fournette. I'm not drafting Fournette in any of my leagues. So I'm right there. And I feel like eight is pretty, pretty optimistic. Yeah, it really, I mean, like they had one good season where they popped up. Um, yeah. Josh Allen looks awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they uh, Jalen Ramsey be playing for a contract. Miles Jack playing for a contract. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe playing for a contract. So they got some uh, motivated people there for sure. I just, I just can't can't get there. Although I, I'll have, I'll have some Fournette and some DD Westbrook. In, yeah. Uh, DD I'm into. Okay. Uh, the Niners at eight. Uh, I think I'm going to go over on that one. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I like it. You know, don't like hearing this Jared McKinnon stuff. Sounds like he's had a setback. Uh, you know, they have the week four bye, which is always a little bit scary. Uh, the Seahawks and the Rams are both very good. They have a tough schedule down the stretch. Saints, Falcons, Rams, Seahawks, Ravens, Packers, Ravens, Saints, Falcons, Rams, Seahawks to close. That is rough. I, I'm just going to, I'm going to buy in a little bit more, one more time on Kyle Shanahan uh, and Jimmy G and, and hope that they have a big, uh, a big year. There's a noticeable lack of, I'm not going to say buzz, but you hear so many negative things about Jimmy G's uh, sort of training camp and preseason performance. I, uh, I've heard that Nick Mullins <laughs> looks better running the offense in practice sometimes. You know, Jimmy G, I feel like he'll step up during the regular season, but there hasn't been a lot of optimism out of camp there. Hey, what, what, what if, and I mean, I don't want to, I'm not suggesting this, but I'm just, it's, it's plausible. What if uh, Jimmy G was not forced out by Tom Brady and, and Robert Kraft in a, in a bizarre uh, tension filled power play. <laughs> and it, Instead was uh, instead was taken by the greatest coach in 
GM combo in, in the history of the NFL and, and bamboozle and used to bamboozle a team on the West coast, <laughs> second round pick. I mean, is it what, I mean, I don't know. I think we, I think we sort of maybe underestimate the idea that Bill Belichick got, got, got played in this one. Absolutely. I mean, Jimmy G, everyone has told me like, watch out. He can play better in games than you would ever expect. So I'm going to keep an open mind, but you're absolutely right. By the way, I'm so, I'm so in on Jared Stidham. Right now, he looks so good in preseason. <laughs> I'm like, give up a second round. You know that they're going to give up a second round pick. Someone is. Okay, next team. Tennessee Titans at eight. I guess they're at eight right now. That feels like, I don't know anyone who's taking over there. Are you in on the Titans? Um, Man, the Titans are tough. I don't know. I, I love the Titans. I had them winning the division last year. I think the biggest concern for me is that for the first four games of the season, um, which is going to include the Browns, who have a great defensive line, the Colts, who have an underrated defensive line, the Jaguars, who have a very good defensive line, and the Falcons, who have, uh, you know, they got some pass rushers. There's no Taylor Lewan. And I don't, I, we don't know anything about Arthur Smith as a, as a play caller. I've heard good things from people who have worked with him before, but we just don't know how he's going to be as a play caller. It's a make or break here for Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. Yep. They're both similar. I want to believe in Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys. Like I like, I like this defense. I just don't know. This is a team like like the This is like the AFC Lions. Like I don't know <laughs> what the identity is, and I, I'll I'll take push at eight. Okay, I like <laughs> it. Okay, uh, yeah, the Titans is another team. You just cannot get excited about. All right, Houston Texans at around eight, eight and a half. Yeah, sorry, what what's yeah, your take? I'm, I'm going under on Houston. I think. Okay. Um, if Deshaun Watson plays 16 games, I'll, I'll lose that, and that's fine. But Duke, I mean, they have, their offensive line stakes. It's a disaster. Yep. Matt Khalil was involved. Um, you know, everything you hear is that, uh, um, the, you know, the, the, oh, God, what's his name? The guy they drafted with the, the first-round pick whose name is – Titus Howard. Thinking. Yeah, Titus Howard, even though I'm staring at a depth chart. I mean, it's like Titus Howard is going to, you know, like he can't get in there and, and start for him. Oh, that's because he's the fourth guy on their, on their, on their left tackle depth chart. <laughs> Khalil Warring is supposed to be pretty good. I love I love Hopkins and Fuller and, and those receivers. Sure. I, I, it, the clowny thing is concerning. I just think they're a very stars and scrubs team, and yep. I don't know if they can keep their most important star healthy. Yeah, but then sometimes the Texans win the division somehow in a way you didn't expect. That division is, I think, a little bit weak. I, I don't see, after oh, yeah. Luck retired, I can't get excited about them. Have you, have you seen, their schedule is not easy either, by the way. They open up at Saints, then Jaguars, at Chargers, Panthers, Falcons, at Chiefs, at Colts. Yeah, I heard it on your podcast the other day, the Saints, and I've, I've noticed this myself, the Saints are not a good September team, so who yeah, knows what will happen there. But That's true. I, I like the Texans plus seven against the Saints in week one for sure. Okay, uh, of course we spent too much time on the bad teams, and we're going to spend less time on the good teams, but let's rip through some more of these Seahawks eight and a half. Uh, over. Russell Wilson's ever won less than nine games with Seattle. Yep, okay. Baltimore Ravens eight and a half. I'm in on the Ravens. I was out on the Ravens before. I'm in on the Ravens now. I, I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a huge fantasy season. I would draft him in every league over. Man, the Ravens defense, I've been waiting for it to go away for about 10 years now. I keep saying this, mm-hmm. and they reform like liquid Terminator and Terminator 2. And they, <laughs> their secondary is insane. Marlon Humphrey's amazing, and Earl Thomas is there. Uh, you know, They just have depth there. I, honestly, I think Lamar Jackson, if if they play a conservative offense, it's perfect for that defense. I think they're going to be better. Okay, Atlanta Falcons, eight and a half. I'm going under. I, I don't I don't remember where I was on that. I just think I don't I don't I think I had Atlanta's over before. I don't know. I just I don't I don't think it's gonna work for Atlanta. A lot of people have Atlanta as like, ooh, I, I might look at them as a Super Bowl pick because if everything goes right, we've seen what can happen. But you know what? Everybody's like, well, they were so injured last year. Like, they were 16th in adjusted games lost. They just lost all their – they had just really injured on defense, but they had a crazy healthy offense. I don't know that their two draft picks on the offensive line made them that much better. Devonta Freeman, is, is he going to be healthy or is it Edo Smith? I mean, they'll, they'll put up points and they'll put up numbers, but I, I, don't, I just don't think this team is a, is a Super Bowl contender yet. Wow, you're down. I, you know, I, you say it's sixty. I can't believe they were that low and uh, just because I, I like everyone else, thought it was all about the injuries. Okay, Dallas Cowboys at nine. As we sit here today, we have no Ezekiel Elliott in camp. What do you think? I think over. I think it's a nine or ten win team. Um, Kellen Moore excites me as a play caller. Just and I, I look forward to when he pulls a Jason Garrett on Jason Garrett and and takes over after the team starts like two and three and and he's the head coach. <laughs> They just added so much on defense, and like I, I like I really think this defense can be better than the offense. And the fact that 
Um, you, you mentioned the Ravens, like a conservative style of play. Uh, I think this is a team that could win 10 games. I, I, I think Dak Prescott to win MVP at 60 to one. I think it's a pretty good, you know, longer shot. Uh, so I, I'll take the, I'll take the Cowboys over. You know, I totally agree with you. Uh, you can't trust a left-handed quarterback. He's the exact kind of coordinator who would take his head coaching job. I, <laughs> yeah. How in love are you with that linebacking core? Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch and those guys. And Sean Lee, who's kind of rotate in. That is a ridiculous linebacking group. Yeah, I do. I do like the Jalen Samuel contract thing. Sort of annoys me because it was such a blatant troll of Zeke Elliott. Like they, they will announce an extension for a member of the Dallas Cowboys in their press release, and like they're like yelling how much they're giving him. When it's like, come on, guy, like that's not you're underpaying him. It's a team friendly deal. You're doing this just to mess with Zeke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a great it's a great front seven there. Okay, the Minnesota Vikings at nine. This is my Super Bowl winner pick, so I'm taking the over on Minnesota. Very quickly, I'm also taking Dalvin Cook to lead the NFL in rushing yards at 20-1. to 1. And um, I think when you look at this team, they add Gary Kubiak in the offseason. It's a zone-blocking zone scheme. Garrett Bradbury uh, at NC State ran 95-plus percent of his snaps in a zone-blocking scheme, his run snaps in a zone-blocking scheme. Dalvin Cook played in a zone-blocking scheme at Florida State. Kirk Cousins came up in a zone-blocking scheme uh, with the Kubiak-Shanahan style with Washington. I think this offense is going to take off, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a really impressive group to watch, a couple of that defense. This is my Super Bowl winner. Okay, I'm going to edit out some of that because I'm I'm spending crazy money in auctions on Dalvin Cook. I am in love with <laughs> Dalvin Cook. I people say, "Well, watch out! Is he going to stay healthy?" But th- that run he ripped off the other day against the I think it was against the Cardinals. Oh dude, man, dude, check out the screenshot I tweeted of it. Garrett, wait, before Dalvin Cook, like Kirk Cousins is still touching the ball, and Bradbury is on the second level. Burying a linebacker, that he is so perfect for the scheme, and so is Dalvin. He's that one cut runner. I think I, I, I'm I'm getting Dalvin in every fantasy league I possibly can. Me too. I'm taking him really, really <laughs> high. But let's delete yeah. whole section and not tell anybody about it. Okay, so the thing is, I'm just gonna be honest here. You and NC State players, after you were talking about Kelvin Harmon in the first round, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I teased you about that on your podcast too. The sixth round thing was crazy. Nobody, yeah. yeah, nobody saw. Oh, yes, that was a uh, that was a bad uh, call by me. I think his testing killed him, but I, I think he'll still be a productive receiver. And hey, Jacoby Myers should should not have gone undrafted. Clearly, oh, he's really good. Okay, Pittsburgh Steelers at nine. Uh, that's my AFC Super Bowl contestant, so I will take the over there. I think the Steelers winning the division at better money than the Browns is uh, is a fantastic value as well. I love your Super Bowl. I'm so jealous of your Super Bowl picks. They're totally I'm, sexy yeah. right now. I'm pretty happy with it, right? Steelers, Vikings over Steelers. I feel like that's, I got laughed at when I said it in a radio place uh, the other day, but like, I feel like that's a nice, like they both have nine win totals. So I'm not doing something stupid. Like with the Cardinals chargers thing. I did the, the few years ago. I, I, they got, they got stability on both sides of the ball. I like it. I'm feeling good about it. Yeah. Like first of all, no one's going to remember if you pick the Patriots and the Eagles. So you yeah. gotta, you gotta take a little risk. Now that being said, I don't know if it's going to come together for both those teams, but I, I definitely <laughs> like it. Okay. Green Bay Packers at nine. Uh, I'm going under. I don't. I just don't think. I know Aaron Rodgers coexists with Matt uh, Matt Lafleur. Not. I'm not buying it. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be this. Uh, I just stay on track and do the play action and run the plays you tell me to be uh, type of guy. And I think we could see a narrative shift on Aaron Rodgers' career after the season. I'm going to edit that out too because Aaron Rodgers will probably curse you out if he hears that. How has he gotten so sensitive this off season? Remember, he was upset about those. Two a day, or no, those joint practices, and then yeah. it, it, he was one of many people who had like I thought over the top comments on the one or two people criticizing Andrew Luck. I mean, dude, I feel like he's he's the best player, but he's also one of the more sensitive ones. If he if he if he hears this, I I I, I do have him in several fantasy leagues. Yeah. I think he is undervalued, um, and I I love Aaron Rodgers, but um, I don't know. I just I don't I just don't know. I just I just don't know if they have. I just don't. I got. I just Spidey sense situation. I could be look really stupid in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I, by the way, I love. I think he's the best quarterback, and I think he's hysterically funny when he wants to be too. Okay. Yeah. Next one, the juicy one, the Cleveland Browns at nine. Under, 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 under. Ooh. I'm not, okay. Now we're talking. Let's hear it. 
too much hype, man. I mean, I love Baker Mayfield. He's my QB one coming out. Uh, when, uh, even above Darnold, I, I think Baker is a stud. Odell Beckham's b- become underrated. Um, they have a ton of weapons on offense, but the two, the things that concern me, Andrew, are one, their uh, their offensive line, which did not look good the other day um, when they were when they were playing the Buccaneers, who don't have a ton of uh, pass rush. Two, first year head coach. There's just gonna be some bumps. I mean, yeah. like, no. F- Head coach comes in and dominates outside of like maybe McVay, right? Um, three, their schedule out of the gates is freaking hard. The Titans in week one are a six-point favorite, but I don't think they're just going to curb stomp the Titans. At the Jets, I mean, that's a coin flip game. The Rams at home and on a Sunday night game, that's a coin flip. At the Ravens, at the 49ers, and then the Seahawks. Mm. And then out, out of the bye, they're at the Patriots, at the Broncos. This is not a – and I think I just think that if things start to go south early for this team, it will be a spiral. If you ask anyone in Cleveland – what their response to an eight and eight or a nine and seven with no playoff season would be, they would be they'll tell you it's a massive disappointment. Do you ever have uh, Nathan Zagora on your pod? I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work yeah. He, um, he, he is always glass half full with the Browns. He's the one guy who would not tell you that. And he gets me excited every year. He got me excited about Corey Coleman and that didn't work out. So that's why I'm, I'm willing to buy this, but I will be very disappointed if they they are under nine wins because I want to see them compete. They're they're fun. I mean, Baker's fun and Odell's fun. If they're great, I'm I'm here for it. I'm just taking the under because I think it's a smart thing to do. Okay, Bears at nine. Hammer the under. This yeah. is a regression team. I think even they, they can go nine. People don't get it. Like they can go nine and seven, and you know still hit the under if he's got it at nine and a half. So uh, I I think I think the Bears are going to start out zero and two. Actually, lose to the Packers at home and then lose to the uh, Broncos on the road. Um, Got some easier wins out there, but I'll take the under on the Bears. Totally agree. I know everyone's been talking about that turnover number coming back to normal. It felt like Eddie Jackson was just getting some big play every week. Okay, next up, the Eagles at 10. The uh, oh, that's an easy over. I think that's a big time over. I think Philly's Carson Wentz has to play. Carson Wentz plays sixteen sure. games. I think I think this is a they cruise over. I, I probably wouldn't bet it because it's ten, but I, I think they'll cruise on it. Well, also too, I I think you need Jason Peters to be really dominant to play, and I don't. He's he's getting up there. I don't totally trust that. But that line, if they're fully constituted, that's an incredible offense. It, it's so de- it's too deep at almost every position. I, I'm with you. It's a loaded team. Okay. Next, Los Angeles Chargers at 10. At least it's 10 at the list I'm looking at here. I feel like there are a lot of injuries and a lot of issues coming up right now. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think I'm off the Chargers bandwagon. That's a weird thing to say for me, but I, I just don't know that I can uh, buy into the idea that with Derwin James Hurt, with the questionable offensive line, I mean, I, I think they'll probably hit the over, and they could certainly – uh, win 10 games and just get you a push. But I, I don't think I'm, I don't know that I'm, I, I'm probably staying away from this one because it would hurt me. It would hurt me too much to take the under. Um, but I, I had loved the over earlier. These injuries are just terrifying me. Yeah, me too. It's like a Russell Okung situation. And you go through the lineup and also it's sort of the team history too, where you expect something to go wrong. Like talent wise, they were right there with everyone last year and something just always goes wrong. I thought it was a little unfair that they won so many games and had to go to Foxborough, but that could happen again. Okay. Yeah. Saints at 10 and a half. Uh, under. That's too many. 10 and a half is too many. I think yeah. they're going to slow down by this year. Yeah. Breeze looked a little, I'm not going to say old at the end, but it did seem know. like, yeah, it, it seemed what, like it was turning south. Do you know how many passing RT threw for last year off the top of your head? No. Because it, it's thirty nine hundred. He had less than he had less yeah. than four thousand packs last year. I mean, that's that's a big red flag. And his over under in Vegas is like forty one hundred. That it's 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 there's some there's some concerns there. I, and he'll probably come out and, and blitzkrieg the the universe and will look stupid. But you're right, they do struggle out of the gates, and um, wouldn't be surprised if they lost a little bit early and had to sort of rejigger things. Okay, you're not going to like me after this comment. I am a Taysom Hillite. I find him fascinating. Uh, I would even play him a quarterback <laughs> once in a while. That you, you and Schrager are like the Taysom Hill, um, you have a Taysom Hill like uh, meetings once a month. I think Schrager's a Taysom Hill. Right? Show me a guy who can throw a fifty-yard touchdown, then catch a fifty-yard touchdown. It's it's an unbelievable phenomenon that people are not paying enough attention to. No, I mean I, I like Taysom Hill. I, I, I've definitely ripped Sean Payton for using Taysom Hill too many sure. frequently in games. Um, yeah, I know. I think it's, I think it's it's interesting to see what happens with Breeze this season because the Breeze for some reason isn't great and falls off at all. I mean, 
are we Teddy Bridgewater? Are we Taysom Hill? Like, what's what's going to happen in the long term future for the Saints? I think that's a that is a an interesting long term storyline. I'm, I'm I'm here for Taysom Hill. He's fun. Okay, uh, two left. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I got a ten and a half here. Ah, uh, man, I don't want to fade Patrick Mahomes, but I will take the under. They're not going to surprise anybody this year. Uh, I think it's a ten and six team. Oh boy, this is going to be stupid. This is going to make me look stupid. <laughs> Three of the first four are on the road. Um, I don't think the defense is that much better, even with the addition of Frank Clark. I mean, I'll, I, I'm, I'm taking the under because ten and a half is just too high. But I, I'm I'm very confident they'll make me look stupid. Yeah. Did Did you see any of the Mahomes runs in the preseason? He had uh, one in the second game where he got hit in the back of the head a little bit. Then he had one last game. He's just so unbelievably talented. It, it, every time I, I know he was amazing last year. I feel like he could do it again. It, it like. Here's the thing. He could, reg- you know, people use the word regress. It's like, oh, you think he's going to suck this year? It's like, no, dude. He might just regress to like 4,500 passing yards and 40 touchdowns. Like that would be that's a, that's a great season, and yeah. uh, and nobody should be upset about that. But he, I don't think I don't think he'll do 5,050 again. I, it just doesn't happen all that uh, all that often. It never happens actually. Um, and you know, like they get the Raiders in week two, but the Jaguars, Ravens. Lions, Broncos early on. I mean, the Vikings, they have some tougher defenses. So I think and he got, he was the luckiest quarterback by football outsiders metrics in terms of uh, passes that should have been intercepted that were not intercepted. So I bet yeah. that's a bit of a red flag too. Yeah. Also, obviously the defensive personnel, big question mark. I do like Spagnuolo coming in there and sort of getting those guys in shape. And they, you know, you, you lost Justin Houston, you lost Holly, you lost D Ford. But let's face it, you weren't really stopping anyone with those guys. So I, I think a new scheme is a big thing there. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That helps. I, okay. I like it. I, I like the reboot of the scheme. Okay, lastly, the New England Patriots at 11. I, you know, okay, wh- what do you think? You can't take the under, but I wouldn't put my money on the over because I think you're probably – I mean, I don't think they're going to win 10 games. Andrew, but I don't, I don't know that they're going to win 12 either. I think, I think they're playing a little bit of possum this year and they just want to run the ball play. I think the defense is going to be really good. I mean, I, I, I'll take the over, but I mean, I, I it wouldn't be something I would bet on just because it's so freaking high. Yeah. I feel like they're just going to, I like your description of possum. I feel like they're just going to wait till the playoffs. You know, what were, were they, they were 11 and five last year too. And yeah. they didn't even seem particularly stressed heading in the postseason. It's like, yeah, we're eleven and five. We'll, you know, we maybe we'll lose one in Miami or something. I think they lose one in the Jets this year. So I agree, eleven's about right. But I wouldn't really touch that. I don't really have a a strong sense. You know, it's funny like the way you describe. It. I don't have a strong sense one way or the other about the Patriots right now. I'm like, they're the Patriots. They're going to do what they do. I I think that they've figured out this sort of late career formula for Tom Brady, which is okay. Look, we need to minimize the shots he can take. We need to run the ball. They're going to, they want to pound the ball. They drafted two SEC running backs in the first three rounds in the last two years. And Sonny Michelle, a first rounder, they're loading up on offensive linemen. I think they want to run the ball. They want to play great defense. They want to shorten games, shorten the regular season, pile up wins, get to 12, get that, just make sure they get a first round by. And then after that, all they do is, you know, say, Hey, look, it's a three game season. Let's go win three games. And we got another Lombardi. Yeah, I mean, they started transitioning to a heavy line and running a few years ago, actually, when everyone was going nickel and dime. Will, I did not mean to keep you for this long. I feel terrible. I just looked at the clock. I'm like, oh, my God, we've been talking forever. I really, I really appreciate it. No, well, no. Well, first of all, we ran through all the teams. It's fine. And you were like, I I said I would give a quick response. I'm the one messing up your podcast because now it's super long. Um, this is not like, it's like the opposite of hitting a, hitting your mark in the radio business. Um, but I said, I would do a short answer and then I would, I would provide long answers for all of them. But Andrew, you listen, you listen to my podcast. Uh, so I'll I'll do anybody, I'll do anything for anybody who listens to my podcast. Anybody like, so like if a random listener calls up, then you're like, come to their house and drink beer with them. (laughs) Well, did you, oh, so I don't know if you saw this. This is actually pretty cool. So, um, uh, we did a telethon to raise money for St. Jude for fantasy football purposes. Um, and we took we took calls and like Roddy White was there and Eddie Lacy and a bunch of stars. We we're down in Fort Lauderdale and a podcast listener, uh, Vance, uh, I think it's Vance Heath from Greensboro. He um, he DM me. He wanted me to do a uh, to, to draw his fantasy draft order. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I, I DM him back. I was like, hey, actually, you know, would you mind if you don't mind, would you donate? Uh, you know, something to St. Jude's, and we'll actually do it on air for you guys live right here. And he's like, yeah, sure. He donated a thousand dollars. Oh man, that's awesome. That's yeah, so cool. It, it, 
like his company matched it too. So St. Jude's got two thousand bucks just from uh, the Pick Six podcast, which is I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Like I think that um, and that's the same. It's the same thing that like Rosenthal and those guys have. You know, it's like we. I, I'm, we want to have a relationship with the listeners that is sort of like familial. And so, yes, I wouldn't go to somebody's house, but if a podcast listener was like, Hey, I see you're in Vegas. I live here. Would you want to have a beer? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll have, I'll have beers with podcast listeners. And, uh, I, I take fancy advice over DM on Instagram and, uh, and Twitter too. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. And by the way, as long as we're talking about, if anyone wants to send me some swag, uh, you know where to find me at Andrew Perloff on Twitter. Um, uh, by the way, I have my pick six hat is on my hat rack. Uh, you gave yeah. me one at the Super Bowl, and I don't, they're not a ton of occasions for me to wear it, but I'm going to work it into the rotation more. No, no, it's fine. I mean, I don't, you can't be wearing like a CBS podcast hat on the Dan Patrick show. That would be, well, that's exactly, I didn't want to say it outright, but it'd be like, but I should one time just to see what Dan, Dan says. By the way, and Dan, it, he might have been listening to the beginning of this podcast. There, he's long gone at this point, just so well, to be I mean, clear. I, I, I mean, like we're—I mean, we're, we're probably at forty-five minutes, yeah. right? Or yeah, 50. yeah. That's that's the average checkout point. I mean, that's that's the checkout point. And, they, and look, Dan's a busy guy. Yeah, he's got a he's got a radio show to do and, and tire commercials. And um, <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> did you ever see me in that tire commercial? I made one too. <laughs> no, you yeah. shot the you shot the cannon. Yeah, it's my career highlight. Yeah, he's, thank he's you. Like, he's like, please stop that. All right, <laughs> <laughs> um, will. I really appreciate it. You got to go. You got you got podcasts to record. We will talk during the season, buddy. Sounds good, man. That was great. I'm going to revisit that with Will uh, in December. <laughs> we'll see if anything we said turns out to be true. I sure hope so. Man, it's almost here. Getting ready. NFL football. Talk to you soon. <laughs>